Welcome to the Celtics Pod. I'm Eric Vandenbosch. Celtics Pod number two. All right. Uh, I think I want to start by talking about the uh, Kyrie Irving trade request. So uh, that's something that came as a surprise to many people. And how does that affect the Celtics? Well, the main goal with the Celtics is to win a title, obviously. It's to beat Golden State. Uh, but, you know, many people after the offseason moves, getting Gordon Hayward say, you know, they're they're a little bit better than they were last year, but they're still not as good as Cleveland. So they'll face Cleveland maybe in the Eastern Conference Finals and they'll get knocked out or whatever. Um, but, you know, if they have the big three intact, Cleveland's big three, uh, the Celtics remain the underdog. And the feeling was is LeBron would uh, opt out next summer and that would be the end of the Cleveland Cavaliers as we know them right now. Uh, their demise might actually come much quicker than that because uh, Kyrie Irving wants out of Cleveland, apparently. So uh, why does he want to go? Apparently doesn't want to play with LeBron James, wants to be the focal point of the offense. Brian Windhorst said, Kyrie doesn't even want to be in the same room with LeBron James. And Stephen A. Smith said his sources told him if Kyrie Irving was standing in front of LeBron, LeBron would be tempted to beat his ass. So that is why, possibly, why Kyrie Irving doesn't even want to be in the same room with LeBron because LeBron would be tempted to kick the snot out of him. Uh, Kyrie said that he would prefer to play for San Antonio, who wouldn't want to play for them. He's willing to play for the Knicks, though. Same thing with the Heat and Timberwolves. Apparently, uh, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns lobbying their team very hard, trying to get them to uh, go all in on Kyrie Irving. And then another possibility, uh, Carmelo Anthony and picks for Kyrie Irving. And as a Celtics fan, I don't know if I like that idea because I think if you still have LeBron, Kevin Love, and then Melo, it would be debatable, I guess. Are, is Cleveland still better than the Celtics? I mean, it's possible. I would just rather see them, you know, uh, trade away Kyrie and then just get young players and picks. That's kind of what I would like to see as a Celtics fan. And then another team, uh, Phoenix, Ramona Shelburne said, though, that uh, no Josh Jackson. Phoenix is not willing to trade Josh Jackson in a Kyrie Irving trade. So that would be appealing to Cleveland, I would imagine, because he was the number four pick in the draft. Awesome defender. Uh, rookie contract and Marcus Morris on Twitter uh, said just don't go to Golden State I think we can all agree with Marcus Morris and one thing about him that I wanted to say that I didn't say in the last pod was uh, Marcus versus LeBron James a lot of reasons why Marcus Mo uh, Marcus Morris would be a good fit for the Celtics uh, but ESPN's Tom Haberstroh said that LeBron averaged 20 points per 100 possessions versus uh, Marcus Morris in 15-16 so LeBron's lowest average versus any player in the NBA. So it's actually looking much better for the Celtics because not only do they have the additional scoring with Jason Tatum and uh, Gordon Hayward, but you know now you can put Aaron Baines on uh, Tristan Thompson. You can uh, put Marcus Morris on LeBron James, and the gap has narrowed, my friend. Uh, but let's go back to Kyrie Irving, and let's talk more about people who want to beat his ass. Uh, that's actually not true. Talking about the Celtics pulling off a deal for Kyrie Irving. And this is not my idea to talk about this subject. This is something that I saw from uh, Zach Lowe from ESPN. And I've never been a big fan of talking about trades and talking about rumors and stuff like that because you never know how far along these trades actually get, these talks actually get, or how frequently these teams are talking. So 
You know, everybody talked about Jimmy Butler. Didn't happen. Everyone talked about Paul George. Didn't happen. Talked about Chris Stapps before the draft. Didn't happen. And even when the Celtics signed Gordon Hayward and everybody knew that the Celtics had to trade somebody to clear cap space. We knew a trade was coming, and everybody said it was going to be Jay Crowder. And as it turns out, no, it was Avery Bradley. But there are some people out there who do do deserve credit because I listen to a lot of other podcasts and stuff, a lot of these Celtics guys who have podcasts and they have blogs and stuff like that. I did see a number of people who said, Jay doesn't make any sense because, you know, they needed bigs. He can play the four and he's got a cap-friendly contract. Well, how does that make sense? He can stretch the floor, too. But with, uh, with Avery, obviously he was making more money. He was coming up on a expiring contract next season anyway, so Avery made the most sense, and some people got it right. So Isaiah, Jay Crowder, Brooklyn pick, uh, Lakers, Kings pick, or some combination of those picks and players for Kyrie Irving. Again, that was something from Zach Lowe, his suggestion. And if you are the Cavs and you're rebuilding, then it makes sense, obviously. And people have said that they're not going to trade Kyrie Irving to... Uh, in Eastern Conference rival. Why would they trade him to the Celtics? That doesn't make any sense. But if you're going full-blown rebuild mode, then who cares? I mean, you're not going to be relevant for a couple of years anyway. But, you know, perhaps that's not what they're thinking. Perhaps they still think they can win a title, which is just delusional. You know, if they bring in Carmelo Anthony and lose Kyrie Irving, they're not beating Golden State. But if they're going to go full rebuild mode and they're going to lose LeBron and Kyrie, then whatever. Trade them to the Celtics and you won't be good for a few years anyway. Makes sense to try and make a trade with the Celtics. Uh, they have picks. They have very good picks, valuable picks, high picks. So, you know, you could draft, you know, possibly a future all-star, future franchise player, and you get them on a uh, cap-friendly deal, rookie contract. Uh, Jay Crowder, if they trade Jay Crowder to Cleveland, you know, that's another um, cap-friendly deal. Gives them cap flexibility. And then if they get Isaiah Thomas in a trade, then, well, you can either re-sign Isaiah or, you know, you can just let him walk when his contract expires and that money comes off the books or you trade him at the trade deadline for even more assets. But, I mean, if Isaiah's money comes off the books, you get a high pick at a rookie co- uh, contract you get uh, Jake Crowder's cap-friendly contract. All of this equals cap flexibility, and that's what the Celtics did. That's how they were able to um, sign Gordon Hayward. That's how, how they were able to sign Al Horford. Danny Ainge was looking down the road and saying, hey, you know, we're not getting anyone right now. Uh, no transcendent players or all-stars right now, but we're going to set ourselves up to be able to do that in the future whenever the opportunity does arise. So, And if you think think about like contracts in the past they've signed with Amir Johnson and Jonas Jerebko, those are, you know, those were two-year contracts with the second year being um, team options, which they did end up exercising. But the point was, if they were able to pounce on a free agent or whatever, uh, they would have been able to sever ties with those players after one season and free up that cap space. So... Isaiah Thomas. Now to the whole conversation about would you even trade Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving? And it pains me to say, yes, I would. And I'm always defending. Uh, I'm always defending Isaiah, which just seems absolutely ridiculous to have to defend a guy who scores 29 points per game. You know, all NBA second team, 
uh, top five in MVP voting. So it just seems ridiculous that I have to. But I do, and it's funny because part of the reason why you have to defend him is because he's a defensive liability and he's five foot nine. Why am I okay trading Isaiah for Kyrie? Well, because Isaiah's five foot nine and he's a defensive liability. Um, Kyrie, it's not like he's a very good defender, but I mean he is six foot three. He's got crazy handles and he's a pretty awesome three point shooter. Thirty eight percent. For his career, not just last season, 38 for his career. As a matter of fact, he shot 40% uh, from beyond the arc last season. He's got a below-market contract, three years left, third year's a player option, but the uh, money is $18 next year, then 20, then 21. So, and again, you know, probably won't happen. Uh, Conference rival, and they would probably want the Nets pick, and the Celtics have been really reluctant to give up a Nets pick, so... So that's me talking trades, talking rumors, even though I don't like to do so. And now I will move on to another subject, and it's another rumor, Anthony Davis trade to the Celtics. So I don't really think that this is a rumor. It's not like, I think it's more of just a topic of debate. It's not necessarily a rumor that's that's hot, like people think this could actually happen. Um, some people do say that this idea is not so far-fetched. So here's what people say. Maybe New Orleans struggles. They probably will. They were 14 games under 500 last year. They're in an absolutely loaded Western Conference, so they're struggling. Boogie Cousins, he's not happy. He gets upset. Uh, He creates some kind of negative environment or whatever, and that is also another possibility. So Anthony Davis is bummed out hanging out with uh, Boogie. His team's losing, so he demands a trade. So if you're the Pelicans, obviously you're going to do absolutely everything you can to keep him happy. I mean, the guy is an elite player. He's signed through the next four seasons, uh, just under $24 million next year, so below market value again. He's only 24 years old. Um, But the Boogie thing, you know, Boogie is upset. He throws a fit. Um, He creates some kind of negative environment for the basketball team. The guy's only got one year left on his contract, so he'll be gone anyway, possibly, if they don't re-sign him. And you know what? If they want to trade him at the trade deadline for a team that's willing to possibly just rent him, you can get future assets there. So rebuild around Unibrow. That is the probably the smart thing to do. There are few players better to rebuild around than, you know, Anthony Davis. All right, so what would the... Uh, Celtics give up for Anthony Davis. Well, uh, Nets pick, Lakers, Kings pick, you know, cap-friendly players, Jay Crowder, Marcus Morris, uh, young players, Jalen Brown. I would be okay with Jalen Brown because it seems like his offense is not complete and he's got some growing to do there. But when I watch Jason Tatum, it's just like this guy looks like he's going to be a future stud. So uh, keep your hands off my Tatum. All right, Isaiah Thomas, news on him. His injured hip does not require surgery. So that's obviously good news. He originally injured it versus the Timberwolves in March, aggravated the injury versus the Wizards in the playoffs. Then he was shut down after game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, So right now, apparently he's, you know, at the court shooting around. He's riding the stationary bike. So he's he's moving and he's expected to rejoin the team at the start of training camp. You know who needs to ride a stationary bike? Jared Sullinger. I don't mean to be a mean guy. You know, I'm a, a little overweight. 
but Jared Sollinger, man, he does make me look pretty good. By the way, what I meant to say was he may try and revive his career in China. That's the headline. Uh, he may be on his way to China. But he told the Columbus Dispatch, and this is this is unbelievable. Like, I don't believe this. But Jared Sullinger told the Columbus Dispatch when he finished his fourth and final year with the Celtics, he weighed 320 pounds. 320 pounds for some perspective. Patriots left tackle Nate Solder weighs 320 pounds. So Jared Sullinger weighed as much as an NFL offensive lineman. He said it is because of his weight that he bounced around so much. This was Jared Sullinger saying, you know, I was released by the Seas, uh, went to Toronto, traded from Toronto to Phoenix, released by Phoenix, and then went straight to Dairy Queen. I do wish the guy luck, obviously. You know, I don't want to see him fail so I can make more fat jokes or whatever. I do want to see him do well. Uh, he was uh, the Celtics' best rebounder for a couple of seasons in 2015-2016. His total rebounding percentage was 18.7, which is very respectable. Uh, to compare that to Aaron Baines, one of the new additions, Baines was 17% that same season. So pretty good uh, rebounder Jared Sullinger was. Uh, now I want to talk about uh, some of the other things that happened since the last podcast. Uh, basically some of the signings, some of the young guys. Celtics signed point guard Shane Larkin, one-year guaranteed contract, uh, played in Euro, uh, the EuroLeague last season, and he actually passed on a $6.3 million option to uh, come to the Celtics and try and make the basketball team here. So uh, 40% from the field, 34 from three-point range, just 34%, not very good. But get this, Danny Ainge, the always glass-half-full Danny Ainge, said that uh, Shane Larkin is a better shooter than his numbers indicate. So if he's a better shooter, why is he only shooting 34%, but apparently better than those numbers indicate? As a matter of fact, Danny Ainge said Shane Larkin is a terrific shooter. So he's really been working on his game, apparently, since EuroLeague, I guess. Uh, but uh, Ainge said that he has improved his playmaking abilities, uh, he's got great speed, and he can get into the paint. So he makes him sound like an all-star. But we'll have to see. He's going to compete for the final roster spot. And not a lot of ball handlers on the team right now. Chris Forsberg, uh, not too long ago, he put out uh, a list of the Celtics and the group that each player is in because Brad Stevens doesn't do the one through five. He's got ball handlers, bigs, and wings. And in that ball handler group that uh, Forsberg put out, he's got Isaiah, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier as the only ball handlers. Obviously, some other guys can handle the ball. Uh, Gordon Hayward can do it, uh, but Hayward, you know, is not really, he's not a point guard. Uh, somebody else that they signed, Gershon Yabusele, uh, Dancing Bear. It's great that he's got the nickname Dancing Bear. It's really fun and stuff like that, but why call him Dancing Bear when you can, you can say, Gershon Yabusele? Um, he was stashed in China last season, 21 points, nine boards there. He did appear in five playoff games with the main red claws last year 13 points five boards he had off-season foot surgery so that means there was no summer league for Gershon Yabusele which is unfortunate because summer league is you know a time to watch terrible basketball actually what I was going to say is it gives you an opportunity to watch players that you normally don't get to see play like I don't watch a lot of college basketball 
didn't see much Jason Tatum at Duke. Didn't see much Lonzo Ball, Markel Fultz. So this is a this is a chance to see guys show off their skills and see guys you've never seen before. Obviously, I don't watch much French basketball, so I don't know a ton about uh, Gershon Yabusele. But uh, pretty awesome size, 6'8", 260, great athleticism, and Forsberg puts him in that big category. Uh, Daniel Tice, Celtics signed him. Uh, six foot nine, big from Germany. He played in a league called the BBL, and uh, he was Defensive Player of the Year last season. So he can block shots, he can rebound, and this is something that you should go to YouTube and check out if you haven't seen this yet. There's a video of Daniel Tice blocking Ante Zizic like several times, just stuffing him over and over again underneath the uh, the hoop. Like he, Zizic kept getting his own rebound, and and uh, Tice just kept stuffing him. So. Another another great example of Ante Zizek's awesome athletic ability. He's got no leaping ability, it looks like. So the bounce is not real. It is not real. Somebody get that guy a trampoline or something. Uh, Daniel Tice, though, offense is a little bit uh, limited, but um, he is pretty athletic, and he is an awesome leaper. He can get up there, and he can throw it down. So uh, we'll have to see what he can do. Uh, he's probably going to be another end of the rotation type guy. I don't know. Maybe he'll get more. Um, maybe he'll get more playing time than uh, Zizek. I, I don't know. Uh, Kadeem Allen. Kadeem Allen signed a two-way contract, and this is new to the NBA this year. Two-way contracts. Basically, guys can split their time between uh, the NBA and the G League, and they can spend up to forty-five days in the NBA. That does include practices, team workouts, games, and stuff like that. So just 45 games, and then you're not eligible to appear in the playoffs. Uh, Mark Murphy of the Herald said Allen may already be able to defend at the NBA level. Uh, sees in contract negotiations with Jabari Bird. Um, the Celtics do have another two-way contract available. Each team gets two. So Bird may be signed to a two-way contract. Uh, pure score held his own defensively at Summer League. I know we're all dying to figure out who's going to make the 15th roster spot and get that two-way contract. And they do have 16 guaranteed contracts now. So 15 regular season roster spots is all you get. That means somebody will be cut, hopefully on their birthday, just like R.J. Hunter was. Uh, Celtics had 16 guaranteed contracts at camp last year. James Young edged out R.J. Hunter. So not only were you released on your birthday, but... You're not even as good a basketball player as James Young is. And when he found that out, it was a really tough day for him, I guess. And this is something that Celtics have done in the past 16 guaranteed contracts uh, at camp two seasons ago. 16 guaranteed contracts. Perry Jones third was waived. So this is not new for the Celtics. Danny Ainge did say that, yeah, you're losing some money. Uh, some money gets tossed out the window, but it creates competition. He likes that. And he said it's also a good indicator, which is true. It's a good indicator that the team and ownership is dedicated to winning and they will spend money. Uh, well, that's it for me, Eric Vandenbosch, host of the Celtics Pod, Celtics Pod number two. I'll be back um, next week. I was really surprised by the amount of news that I had to go over because I thought to myself, this is never going to work doing one podcast every week during the offseason. But, you know, what happens is... Uh, Celtics, you know, signed 500 young guys and uh, they've got competition for that 15th roster spot. There are always so many 
trade rumors and stuff like that. And like I said, I've never been big on talking about trade rumors because a lot of time they don't ever seem to go anywhere. But, you know, if you're trying to talk sports and you're going to be on the air for a little while, you may have to include uh, trade talk in your discussion. And, you know, let's face it. I mean, that's what people want to talk about. You know, Celtics have been rebuilding for several seasons. I, rebuilding kind of seems like it's over because now they're an Eastern Conference title contender. Uh, but they've been going through that process and guys have been coming in and out and stuff like that. And, you know, they've built up all these trade assets and stuff like that. So it's impossible to not talk about trades and rumors and stuff like that if you are going to talk about the Celtics. All right. So that's it. I'm out of here. Uh, I'll be back sometime soon. Take her easy. Go seize.